part of the Press Play Podcast Network. The 1 1 pitch. A swing and a drive to deep right. Away back. Goal! And with that heavy call, it's time for Guardians of the Land MLB podcast. Filling in as your coach today is me, but also longtime Guardians fan. He calls himself the player coach. For Barstool Cleveland, I just called him the czar of Barstool Cleveland, and, and it, it seemed to get a, 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 a chuckle of approval. Host of the Poundtown podcast, Will Burge. Will, thanks for joining Guardians of the Land, man. No, I appreciate you having me on. Yes, uh, I, I would say player coach. So I think when you first said czar, I'm so tired from the weekend. I thought you said Fuhrer, and I was like, I don't know if I want to go down that road. No, but yeah, no, the, I really appreciate you having me on. Excited to talk. We have flirted, uh, Will, to be honest, about a Barstool press play kind of collab in some degree and we just just a little a little a little taste right here maybe not a full-on all the way you know around the bases but just just maybe a little teaser right here man yeah yeah i mean i don't know how 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 far this pod goes we would probably describe it in very graphic terms if you listen to ours but uh yeah no this could be i don't know this could be a teaser for something down the road who knows i like this maybe like a single uh uh you know a double you just never know what's going to happen well we're going to talk we're going to talk guardians because we were on uh, that right there. What we're doing here is about as far as those people went in the bleachers in Toronto. Not quite as far as in, in Oakland, but in Toronto. That's what we'd say. Right, right. Um, and let me tell you, the Guardians need to heat up if they're wanting to go any further than where they've gone this season. Because it, it, they've hit a rough patch. And I was afraid of this. Will a lot of hype uh, a couple of weeks ago? You know, have the Guardians peak too early? Oh man, that's such a tough conversation, right? Because you could sit here and profess and say, yes, they have, but uh, baseball is an ebbs and flows game. You know, I was just talking to my co-host, Brian Kenny about this and he's, he's steadfast and that they are just in one of those ebb and flow moments. I do think there is, there is some reason to be concerned, right? Three and seven in the last 10, but I think the reason is more so not that the twins are just a game back, but that the white Sox are playing very well in I think just about anybody would look at the rosters top to bottom of the White Sox and the Guardians and say there's probably more talent in Chicago. They were the team that was picked to uh, very widely to have won the AL Central before the season, just really didn't play well, and injuries plugged them a little bit early on, his, on too. So I think that's where the concern really comes in, and it'll be interesting to see. Look, it doesn't seem like the, the organization is ready to bring in any reinforcements, so they're just going to let these young kids try and figure it out. You know, I, I'm getting shades of 20. 20- uh, 2021 Cavs, right? Super young, played really well, got a lot of hype and kind of fizzled down the stretch, ha- had an injury, you know, Allen was out. Um, and, and it's hard not to see the similarities in, in these two teams, all very young, um, a l- incredible future ahead. And, and I, 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 it's hard not to have all these expectations and want this guardian team to make a run of the playoffs when they're all so young. I mean, it, it it's hard to, I mean, I, I love Cleveland fans. They're the best. And we, we kind of create our own worst kind of a nightmare sometimes. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and I, I understand what you're saying with those similarities. Cause I think there's plenty to draw, but I do think where the two diverge is that in basketball or in the NBA, right? The, that team did not have a dominant finisher. Darius Garland hasn't been able to prove yet that he can take over a game in the last five minutes and an extremely important stretch of basketball, right? He looked gassed at the end of last year and especially in that playoff game after having shouldered the load for so long. The Guardians, for as young as they are, 
they do technically have that because the version of that in baseball is your starting pitching and your closer. And they have a couple of those guys in the rotation. Shane Bieber, who was not good his last time out um, while we're report- recording this now, he looks pretty good through the first couple innings against the Royals. And then Tristan McKenzie has had at the times when he's good, has had really, really good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and times when he's struggled, he's really struggled. But when you get a Bieber on the mound, you always got a shot to stop those losing streaks. And then when you got a class A in the back end of the bullpen, even though he's let a couple runs in the last time, a couple times he's been out, you know, those were the, the runners started on second base. They're not earned runs. So um, when That's you have a- those things, it feels like you have one of those kind of dominant game finishers at the end and the rest of the team is young and hopefully they can get dragged along. And that's fair too. You know, I don't know if the Cavs had had a Jose Ramirez type player either, right? Bonafide all-star, you know, he's going to be at least in the conversation. He's not going to win for AL MVP. Um, But you know, the Cavs hope that one of their three stars becomes, I don't think Jared Allen's, I think we've seen Jared out ceiling that we we know who he is. This will, this isn't a Cavs podcast. I promise (laughs) it's a guardians pod. Um, but it has been super exciting to see this young, these young players really come on the scene. Um, and I, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to put in, I, I just, I, I think the guardians maybe have peaked too soon. Like you mentioned earlier, three and seven, the last 10 games, the, the, the Seattle Mariners just like destroyed us. Like we're not even like, if we're thinking that we're going to make run the playoffs, well, that hopefully brought us all back down there. That was not a great way to end that, that West coast kind of well, some- yeah, the Mariners have been red hot too, right? And like the Orioles have been playing really good baseball. It's another team they faced recently. And I think one of the concerns is you just said, you know, the Cavs don't have that Jose Ramirez. But I mean, honestly, for a large part of the second half of the season, the Guardians haven't had quote unquote that Jose Ramirez. He's been yep. uh, not the same guy as the first couple months of the year where he was just on an absolutely torrid tear, putting up crazy numbers, looked like he was one of the favorites to win the AL MVP. Uh, I don't know if it's still a thumb thing that's just lingering, which makes sense, right? If it's bothering him to swing, it's probably never going to improve or never completely heal until the offseason. No one's saying anything about that, but he just does not look like the same guy out there. And if you don't have that Jose Ramirez, that just puts that much more pressure on you know, a lot of these young bats and you look at the bottom of the lineup and there just isn't a whole lot of pop down there. There's a lot of guys who, I mean, Miles Straw is having a historically bad season at the plate. So you need somebody to produce some, some RBIs from somewhere in the lineup. Well, I, I have to ask this because do you think home run derby, did, did that break Jose? I don't know. You know, I don't know because I, I, I don't think so. I do think for some people it affects them. It, didn't, it doesn't seem like he's got a different swing now. It does seem like he's pressing a little bit more. And I just wonder if it doesn't seem like it should be mental because that's just not who he is. I, I got to keep going back to that thumb. I just don't know if that thing's healed. Uh, if he's leading, you know, if he's just not letting on to how much it might be bothering him up the plate. Uh, but we have seen a less disciplined Jose Ramirez as well, which is very interesting because he was a guy who was almost impossible to strike out at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I, it, it's hard not to connect those two dots, at least. Maybe they're connected, maybe they're not. Um, I, I just wonder if coaches kind of like grimace a little bit when they hear players have opted into the home run derby. I I can't think of a time where I was like, that really helped a player's season. That That's what they needed to get out of that slump. I just... It's great, but it seems like it's exhausting. First off, um, yeah. and uh, I, you, you start. I, it has to be. Think about golf. Well, I've never golfed with you, but I, you like to golf, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. If I'm going out there crushing a driver every shot, it's going to mess up my short game, <laughs> right? Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, and and I think that uh, I think on top of that is a guy who was already 
you know, had a, an injury lingering. If it's not lingering yeah. now, it was at that point. We know that for sure. And, you know, you're supposed to get some time off during that period. And if you're in the home run derby and you're in the all-star game, you're doing all the festivities, you don't get that same time off as everybody else. And man, he was shouldering such a load on this team for yeah. so long at the beginning of the year when he was legitimately the entire offense, right? The Quan mm-hmm. was red hot to start the year. Then he had a really bad month and has been great since. But that bad month was when Jose was carrying the offense. Yeah. And it, it really seems like since Quan's swung back up, that all-star break rolled around, that thumb injury happened. Mm-hmm. We just haven't seen the same Jose. You know, Rosario has picked up a little bit of the slack from, from Jose, which has been great. Um, but, you know, you just, you, you need him to be firing and also just for this offense. And when he's not, that's when you see these scoreless innings. That's when you see the troubles that they've had. Um, well, f- a few more hits here. I just, just kind of like a quick little pinch hit episode here. Not, not going to be a, a, a double header, not going to be a full, we, we can fool around and get something going on later, man. We definitely can, but uh, I, I want to uh, kind of hit on a couple of the last couple series for the guardians here going to the end of the year. we got about a month left of baseball and the guardians play a series against the twins, the angels, the White Sox, the Rangers, the Rays, and end again with the Royals. With the Royals, which of those um, series do you think is the most important? Well, I mean, the, just the fact that you have so many games against the Twins—you got eight coming up in the next three weeks, and one of them is a five-game series. Um, both of those series are the next three are going to be in Minnesota. Then you got uh, the five-game series at home in the middle of September. I think that's by far the most important because that's the team that's right on the heels, right? But you can't overlook those four games against the White Sox. They got that random game um, in about a week and a half, just sitting there, just a single game. Then they got a three-game set against them. You'd hope that they're just able to beat up on on the the Royals, right? I mean, they the end of the year sets up perfectly for them to hold someone off and get into the postseason. Six Look, games against insane. the Royals, and they are so bad. But as I'm sitting here watching the game, they're having trouble taking a lead against the Royals right now in front of my eyes. You know, which which makes me worry. But you would hope if they're heading into that final series and they have even even a half or a one game lead over the Twins or the White Sox, I actually think it's going to be the White Sox. Going to team are really going to push them down the stretch. Um, uh, you you have to feel at the very least they have the best shot at getting the postseason because of the team they're playing. The Royals uh, currently hold uh, the six tied for the sixth worth record in the majors, uh, fifty five wins. Um, you know, I obviously the huge series against against the Twins, but I I think that White Sox series. If they falter in the twin series, that's that's going to be the wild card series right there. That's going to make or break the wild card. And so we'll definitely know by the Royals series if they have a chance. Um, but I don't know. It's it's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun to root for this young team. Um, and I I'm I'm excited. I hope they get a little taste, kind of like, you know, not to keep making these parallels, but kind of like what we hope the Cavs we wanted them to taste last year. It kind of came up a little short. I think it'd be great for the development of these young guys just to get some playoff experience. And, and I think that's your hope. And that, that would be, well, let me ask you, if they don't make the playoffs, is it still a successful season? Uh, I, I think so from like organizationally, sure. Like, because what they wanted to do was really evaluate the young guys and see what they had, who they had, weed out some of the guys, which they did early on in the year, the Bradleys and, and so on and so forth. Um, so from organizationally, sure, I think it would, no matter what, this is a successful season. I think as a, from a fan standpoint, once your team takes first place this late in the year, mm-hmm. once they've played baseball this well, you can't sell a fan base on, oh, but we, you know, we figured out which guys we like moving forward. Yeah, that's fine for next year. 
as a fan, I want to see him to make the postseason. You know, I want to see him play at least a couple games of postseason baseball. I think this pitching staff, and depending on what city you're playing in, because you wouldn't have Karen Check if you're up in Toronto, but you know, the bullpen is starting to really come together now with with Hedges mm-hmm. and uh, and Karen Check and Classe, which we thought might be a weakness for the team. If you have those two things, you can compete in the playoff series. Yep. I just want to see him get there. So it's the fan of me says, no, it would not be good enough. It would not be a successful season. But I think we all know how the Guardians front office works. And they, no matter what happens from here on out, are going to look at this and say, we're set up for success moving forward. Dude, the front office planted the seed at the trade deadline. No, we aren't expecting anything this year. We're just like, so they're kind of hedging their bets a, a lot that the end of the season is going to be a dud. Yeah, you know, I, I think there's definitely some arguments that at the at the deadline the 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 proper deal wasn't there for what they had. I mean, there's a there's a log jam down in AAA. I, I think it's crazy they're not starting the clock on a couple of these guys. That like, I know they want to hold them off one more year, but when this you're this close to an AL Central title, yeah, I feel like you got to bring up one of those bats when you when your offense. It, it, honestly, the offense has been playing so poorly, and you have three right-handed utility hitters. Um, you have Ernie Clement on the roster who's played one game since they brought him back up and he can't hit anything. He's terrible. So, I mean, why you don't go down and grab another bat to bring up, bring up a third catcher so you can pinch it for your crappy hitting catchers at any point during the game. I know it's not <laughs> really down on the guardians, but it, it just feels like there's tiny little moves that are very easy to make that may not be very comfortable for a front office who's trying to hold off the clock on some of these young players, but would go a really long way at showing the young players who are already up at the major league level. Hey man, we believe in you. We think you're going to make the playoffs. We think you can make some noise if you get there. Well, well, I got to say, you coming on here makes me feel like you believe in me, man. I do believe in and you. It, I it, love you. It's gotten me a little excited. You know, I want to get, you know, I, I want you to meet my parents. I, I want you, I, I want you to treat me to a nice dinner, but this has been great. It's been fantastic. Uh, thanks for coming on, buddy. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you having me. Um, and uh, anytime you need me, just let me know. Yeah. Hey, plug something, man. What you got? What you got going on? Uh, check out the Pound Town podcast. You can find anywhere where you get your podcast presented by Barstool Sports. Always go check out my content. Uh, this is probably the most analytical I've been talking about anything in a really long time. It was fun. We tend to, we tend to be a little more comedy driven, but try to, you know, weave in uh, some of the analytics, but all the, all the social media content, go follow me on Instagram at Will Burge, Twitter at Will Burge. Um, that's where all the funny stuff's at. So. Level. That does it for this episode of the Guardians of the Land MLB podcast. Thank you all so much for downloading and listening. Shouts to the Press Play podcast. Network for making this possible. Follow us online at Press Play Pods. Visit our website, pressplaypodcast.com to keep up with all of our shows, network news, and sponsorship information. All right. Thanks, man. We'll be in touch. Peace. Yeah.